bringing you in-depth and God-filled conversations with some of the brightest names in contemporary Christian music and worship. This is The Artist Interview with Gordon T. Hey, what's up, friends? This is Mac Brock, and I hope you enjoy The Artist Interview. And that was Oh Come to the Altar by Elevation Worship. And if you listen to worship songs, especially if on a Sunday morning you're there worshipping and that track comes up, you'll always see down the bottom the wonderful name of Mac Brock. And we're so glad to have Mac Brock with us right now for the Artist Interview. Hey, how you doing? What's up, Gordon? How are you doing? Really, really well. Thanks very much. Uh, So where in the world are you? I am in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, so USA. So we've got listeners all around the world, uh, but okay, a nice place to be. Uh, I'm just going to quickly check, weather-wise, how's that compared to the UK? We've got tons of rain, it's freezing cold. Yeah, right now it's bright and sunny, but it is very chilly. Okay. So, But Charlotte's kind of in a weird space in the US, it's in the south, and so some days you'll wake up and it's like 25 degrees Fahrenheit, and then you'll wake up the next day and it's 65 degrees Fahrenheit. So, you know, you never know how to dress, you don't know how to plan. It's just kind of all over the place. Okay, so that, that, that sounds like the UK, except for we know how to do it because it's going to rain and be cold. Um, so anyway, okay, so uh, let's find out. That track, of course, is is a track, a very famous track from Elevation Worship. Uh, over, oh, is it over two hundred million streams on Spotify alone? I think it's like absolutely that's so crazy, insane, and uh, a beautiful, beautiful track. But I guess it'd be really helpful because. You're now on your solo career, um, so putting out music yeah. with uh, Centricity. Could you tell us a little bit, actually rewind time as far back as you want to go? Because I would love to understand how you became a Christian, um, how that's impacted your life, and also where music fits into that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, the quick story of it is I'm a pastor's kid, so I was just kind of born into the church and grew up, you know, we're at church all the time, Wednesday nights. Saturday nights, Sunday morning, Sunday nights. There's just like a constant flow of church. Uh, but so I grew up in the church, grew up in like doing youth ministry and all that stuff. And where music kind of came into it is my mom is a drummer. She's a musician my whole life. Yeah, she was always playing drums at church, but then she was also playing for the symphony and uh, for the Charlotte Symphony. And wow, cool. Yeah. And so I wanted to get into music and wanted to, she was kind of my guide into like, well, you should try playing bass guitar first. That's like an easy, like gateway into playing, <laughs> playing music. And, uh, and from there I started leading worship in youth group and just never stopped. So what, what instruments do you play? Well, I started playing bass for forever and that was the only instrument that I knew. And then when I started leading worship more often, like by myself, I figured I need to at least learn how to play a couple of chords on the acoustic guitar. So I had a friend of mine show me a few things 
that I could do. And then I could pretty much capo everything else, depending on what key the song was in. So pretty much all I play is the guitar now. Uh, and then I can kind of get by on piano if I'm like in a songwriting session or something like that. If I just transpose everything to the white keys, I'm good to go on piano. Okay. Okay. So you can muddle by. <laughs> so, so, right. <laughs> now, now, so you mentioned your, your dad being a pastor. In fact, you mentioned, I'm, I'm going to, I want to find out about a drummer mum because it's not very often that there are female drummers. Uh, how many, how many female drummers can you name? Um, man, I mean, I always, you know, my mom is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, there was the, I don't know her name, but I remember growing up, there was the drummer for Lenny Kravitz. And he always had this girl okay. drummer that was so awesome. Uh, and so I grew up loving her. I, I, I'm, I can't think who that is. So um, <laughs> I can't either. I can't, I can't remember her name. We showed you. Can't, had, you, had you not asked me what it was, I would have been able to tell you. But now it's, I'm drawing a blank. And, and, the, and the only other female drummer I think would be Jen Ledger, the, the drummer for Skillet. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, there, there aren't many around. So, so your mom was a bit of a trailblazer then to be a, a female drummer, I, I think. So that's pretty cool. She was then and she still is now. She's the best. And is she, she's still drumming? She's still drumming. She's awesome. Rocking it. <laughs> that is cool. And um, so your dad was the pastor. What sort of church was it? What was it like on a Sunday morning then? It was a Southern Baptist church. So very, it's uh, the best word to describe it, low key. It was like very, very chill and very down. And so me growing up, I would always, we would do uh, like special songs. Did y'all have that? in church growing up like so we'd have like we'd sing our hymns and we'd sing kind of like the the worship set then you'd have the offertory special where they take up the offering but during the offering they'd have like a soloist so as like a teenager i would always try to get that spot like i want to have a solo except i would always try to do like third day songs that were too hard or too rock and roll for <laughs> for for my my dad's sweet church uh but eventually they let me do it. And that's kind of how I grew into that. Well, what, what, what's your favorite third day song? Man, so I grew up, do you remember the song Consuming Fire? It was on the very first album. It wasn't like one, I don't even think it was one of their singles, but it was like such a good, it was such a good, like kind of like hard rock song. And there weren't many of those back then for like Christian artists. And so I grew up playing that song all the time. Okay, so so your parents' church, though, you were there faithfully all the time. There must be a moment, though, where you went, I've definitely got this faith for myself. It's not just my parents' faith. I'm, I'm yeah. walking it. So what happened there, and when was that? Yeah, it was when I was in high school, I think. Um, had a great youth pastor who just really made Jesus real, you know, and, and, it, and it became more than um like just stories that i grew up hearing and stories that you know my parents are so great they my dad is such a great pastor and such like they really like raised me and my sister well in our house but it was in high school that i felt like i made that connection of like jesus like i can actually have like a relationship with this person that i hear all these stories about and i've you know i pray to all the time but it's not it wasn't a super deep relationship outside of that and so that was around the time in my life that really started to form my relationship with Christ. 
Wow. Okay. So significant moment realizing you can trust him, yeah. speak to him. He's there for you. It's not just everybody else. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. And was that something that lots of your friends at high school, what, what age is high school? For those who don't know what the high school system is, what, what age is that? Yeah, that's like, uh, I don't know, like 15 to 18, 14 to 18, something around that age. Yeah. And, and so it's a time when lots of teenagers are beginning to experiment, pull away from their parents, become a bit rebellious but you didn't have that journey at all. God just literally just kept you. Yeah, he, he really did. And, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful. One that I had like a safe place, a safe environment growing up, uh, that I could steward that, you know, cultivate that relationship with Jesus. And, and I had great people around me and great leaders around me that challenged me and pushed me and, uh, encouraged me and, yeah, th- those are really great years looking back at it. Well, and also hats off to youth pastors. Anyone who's working with youth, just want to say you guys make such a phenomenal difference. And I know for myself, if it wasn't for some of the people who've been around when I was a teenager, no idea where I'd be, but God's hand was on them and it blessed me enormously. So, okay, your mum's there encouraging you to learn great musical skills. You obviously worked at it as well, but somewhere along the line in your story there's got to be rather than you just playing in a small well, actually i don't know how small it was it's southern baptist church how, how many people were at your church uh it was like maybe like a thousand fifteen hundred something okay. like that so not super small but not like massive yeah but by uk terms that's humongous okay that's that is a big <laughs> church okay so okay. By, uh by southern bible belt terms that <laughs> that could be any church <laughs> What's the, uh, that's encouraging so okay so but at some stage you weren't just playing just to, to your local church, hoping to get that spot for the special song on a Sunday. What, what was it that changed? Like, so you're going, you're going through your education. Did you study music as part of your education? No, I never studied music. I, uh, you know, I, I actually took several years from high school before I went to like university and, uh, and I, I played in bands and stuff and I, and I played around and it wasn't like, worship bands but it was more you know it was still spiritual and you know inspirational or i guess you would call it um and so i did that for like many years and thought like i want to be like in a band i don't want to be like a worship leader i want to be like the lead singer of a band uh and it was such a funny thing but but along through all those years and through doing that for so long i always kept coming back to worship and i would still find myself getting asked to lead worship at an event or getting asked to lead worship for the youth group. Um, I started the youth group at my dad's church for a long time. And so worship was always there. It was still like a, you know, a through line throughout my whole life. Even when I wasn't pursuing that as like, this is what I want to dedicate my life to. Okay. So, so it was something that was still very significant to you. Yeah. So you, so you took a break, you did band stuff, but, and then you did go to university. So what did you study at uni? Well, I went, I met what, was going to be my wife. And I realized, all right, I need to stop doing music. I need to get like a real job. I need to get a real education. <laughs> I was very much like, I need to get my act together if I want this girl to marry me. Um, and so I actually, I went to school for, I wanted to do like the business side of music for like TVs and TV shows and movies and stuff like that. And so that was kind of the, that's what I studied in school when I first got married, I moved out to California, did an internship out there. That's what my goal was. I wanted to pursue that. And again, 
kept having opportunities to lead worship, kept having opportunities to still like be plugged into churches and doing that, even when it wasn't like, ah, oh, this is not really my thing anymore, but it's in front of me, so I'll do it. And I, I say a lot, you know, that I'm so grateful for the Lord's grace in, in my life to allow me to continue to pursue worship, even though that wasn't like even the desire of my heart in a season of my life. Uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Okay. So but did, did you get married during university straight after? Or? Yeah, I got married almost like right after I started college. I, I got married um, about, I don't know, I was 22 at the time and had been in school for maybe a year, a year and a half. Okay. Is your wife the same age as you? How old are you? I don't know how old you Yes. So I'm 40 now. I turned 40 this year. So I'm getting up there. My wife is a couple years older than me. So when we first met, she was graduating college and uh, she went on to get her master's degree. So she, she's very high educated. I'm very not that way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And yeah. And so we, we got married and we're kind of like on this trajectory, like I said, to like pursue this career in media and doing that. And the Lord, shortly after we got married, the Lord kind of called us to Charlotte to be a part of Elevation. That was like a new church that was starting out. And um, and so we moved up here and we've been in Charlotte ever since. Okay. So lots of people will know a little bit about Elevation Church, but for those who don't, tell us what Elevation Church is. Yes. Uh, I mean, it was when we, I had met Stephen Furtick at an event that I was leading worship at. And he was telling me, he was like, I, I just planted this church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, we should have you come up and lead worship sometime because we don't have a worship leader on staff. And so I started doing that and, and Elevation, it's, it's just a, it's a really influential church. It's a, it's a great church. Um, and from the beginning, music and worship and original music was always like kind of at the core of um, what the church was going to be built on. And so that's one of the reasons why me and my wife moved up to Charlotte to be a part because we knew like we wanted to be a part of building that. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know even how to describe elevation. There's, <laughs> there's so many there's so many things that, that goes on there. Well, let's, let's start with, the, when you joined it, what, what size was elevation? Uh, maybe like right at a thousand or, or right under um, that I started coming up. So I was living in South Carolina. It was like a couple hours away from where I was living. So I would just drive up on Saturday nights and lead worship and then drive home and go to school after that. Uh, and so I did that for about six to nine months before me and my wife moved up to Charlotte permanently. Okay. And what size is Elevation now? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Give a ballpark. I know not exact, but is it? I, I really like, I, I really. 2000, really 3000, you don't know. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's probably like in the tens. Tens of thousands. Okay. So that's, yeah. that's pretty big. That is pretty big. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so you became, you became part of Elevation and Elevation Worship is their worship band that it has seen huge worldwide success. So what was that journey like becoming part of that then? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting the whole time we were, that I was there, um, a lot of it was, we were just trying to build the church, you know, and, and we were just, local worship leaders 
leading at church every week. And that, and we were writing songs though. And we were recording songs. Like we were putting out an album every year, even when we were two years old. Uh, and so that was really cool to see, like, to, to see those songs, like minister to our church. And that was the goal. And then to see him start to kind of catch hold at churches outside of Charlotte was really fascinating to us and exciting. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, it was interesting because it, it was like a big thing and we were seeing it grow and grow and grow. But then at the end of the day, we also felt like we're just lo- a local church trying to be obedient to what's in front of us. We're, I'm a local worship leader trying to be obedient to the church that's in front of me that I'm serving at. Wow. Okay. That's amazing, actually, to try and balance those two things of serving the local church, but having what is definitely a worldwide influence. And You're right. For, right. for our church over here in the UK, love singing the songs that you've written. They're, they're, they're a huge blessing to yeah. us. So the blessing goes much further than just the, your local church. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> so, okay. And, but you're not, you're not doing stuff with Elevation Worship now. So you stepped Correct. away. T- tell me why, why. That's what I'd like to know. What's happened? Yeah. I mean, it, it came down to, uh, I guess, I don't know. It's been maybe like seven years now that, uh, my wife and I just felt a calling from the Lord, a prompting from the Lord where we felt like he was telling us that our assignment there was done and we needed to step out into something new. We didn't know what it was going to look like or what it would be. We didn't know if we would stay in Charlotte or if we'd move away. Um, there was a lot of unknown, but we felt like he was closing that door. Uh, and so we tried to just be obedient to that and step into faith of, you know, choosing like, okay, we're going to choose to a, to obey and to follow you, even if it's scary, even if it's chaotic. Uh, and that's kind of the journey that we've been on since. Just to say that is just bizarre. So sometimes when I'm doing these interviews, there is clearly a theme that keeps on coming up, people suffering with um, panic attacks. And, that. and so we will often, we'll often at those points, just um, we'll pause, we might pray, we, we'll, we'll cogitate on it. But so I've just aired just today an interview uh, with Franny Ray Cash, uh, who was the lead oh, yeah. singer of, of We the Kingdom, uh, talking about. She's uh, in a similar, yeah, similar absolutely. Situation. It's just that she's just she wants to be she wants to be faithful to God in stepping out, even though you might say logically it doesn't make an awful lot of sense because We the Kingdom's going right. great guns, but she feels it's right before God to to do that. So I'm going to guess that there's people listening right now who are going to be going. Man, I feel like maybe this is something I need to to pick up on and listen to. Mac, would you be willing just now just to pray for people, just to be people to be sensitive to God's prompting and voice on these things? Oh, of course, it would be an honor. Dear Jesus, Lord, we just lift up anybody that is like wrestling with you right now about a big decision or a big conflict where they might be feel they might be feeling led to do something that logically makes no sense, but they know that it would be a step of faith and they know that it would be in alignment with your heart. I just pray for courage and bravery for them. Fill their spirit with your strength, with your certainty. Um, we know that even in obedience and even in walking in faith, that still comes with its fair share of anxiety and stress and uh, nervousness, Lord. And so I just pray for a calmness over all of those nerves, calmness over that anxiety, Lord. And just remind them that you are with them. It's something that we say a lot. It's something that we sing a lot. 
But I just pray that the tangible presence of Jesus would be very, very clear and present with them, and they would feel you by their side. You know, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So, in fact, if you're in that situation and this is resonating with you right now, just want to encourage you maybe to go and find someone wise who can give you some help on just walking through this really well. And also, you might be in a situation that you're not enjoying being in, but sometimes, well, God does call us to stay in the things that aren't and to be patient and to persist and to to grow in those situations as well. So, don't think that this is Gordon saying, you know, you should just stop whatever you're doing and do something else. That's that's not. We're talking about people right now who might be feeling that nudge of God. God, to move on from where they are right. onto the next thing. Thanks so much, Mac. That's a great prompt yeah, for people. thanks for letting and, um, me do that. Just feels like just that special timing. Okay, so so your wife and you were feeling it was time to step out, and that's when when was that that you you stepped out? That was in 2017. So it's like okay. going on eight, seven, eight years now. And what's what's the thing you most miss about those days? Um, you know, I always love like. Like I said, I grew up playing in bands and, and, and I, love, I love worship teams. It's one of my favorite things in the world is like being a part of like a worship team or, or doing ministry alongside of people. And so that, I do miss that aspect. I feel like the Lord has been really kind that I'm surrounded, even though I'm a solo, quote unquote, Mac Brock artist, <laughs> which is still like funny to me. Uh, I'm surrounded by so many people that I still get to collaborate with. I still get to make, you know, creative music with. And so I, I don't feel like I'm necessarily missing that, but yeah, I just, I, I love the collaborative process and I love working with a group of people for a common goal. Okay. So, so you haven't, you haven't lost it. You still, you still got that. Still have it, but, but it's different. Yeah. Yeah. I I, know, I imagine there's, there's yeah. Positives and negatives in any sort of situation, but I guess, there's, I don't know, but I guess there's also less pressure because Elevation, I guess, had quite a lot of schedule to be here and there and all over the place, which I would have thought would be also quite tiring. Um, <laughs> have you, being realistic, it's, it's, I right, would think yeah. it's going to be quite full on. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, but for you now, what are the things that God's called you to prioritize then with your time? How's things different? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think... Solo artist, or if I was at a part of Elevation, like, you know, I'm older now, my kids are older now. So naturally, like life is just different in general, uh, no matter what I'm doing <laughs> with my, you know, career, I guess. Uh, and so, I, I mean, a big priority for me over the last like several years has just been like my presence at home. You know, there have been lots of seasons throughout my ent- entire life where I've traveled a ton and I've been gone for, you know, weeks, months at a time. And I'm just, I'm home a lot more and I'm able to like change how I, how I uh, travel and, and change what my schedule might look like. And, you know, my son's into wrestling now, my daughter's in theater and uh, we have a four-year-old. And so like, even the aspect of like, my kids are, in, are learning the things that they're into and they have a lot going on that I want to be present for that. And so I've changed a lot of the routine of my life and the, and the flow of my life just to prioritize some of the things that are like really, really important to me. Well, which, which sounds like family. So which, which is, yes. which is going to be a great big, thing. That's the biggest thing right now. Yeah. And uh, sorry, you said you got a four year old. How old are the other two? Uh, my son is 12 and my daughter is nine. Okay. So 12 year old into wrestling, nine year old was nine year old to say dance <laughs> yes. for the nine year old. 
she's in like theater. She does oh, theater, yeah. Dance, but she's learned like she she just got the part of Nemo in her local like theater. Nemo, yeah. She's learning all about uh, <laughs> acting and singing and all that stuff. N- Nemo the fish. Yeah, Nemo the fish. <laughs> cool. The, 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 I, I would, if I had to do it, I'd be much rather be Dory because it doesn't matter if you forget your lines. <laughs> so. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't remember your lines, it's a part of the character. That's right. So that'd be okay. <laughs> We've got, we've got another track to play from you. Uh, it's called Just Like You've Always Done. Yes. Tell us about that track. Why did you write it? I mean, this is, this is a, a, I would say solo, but obviously you're talking about having the people, the musicians around you, but it's a, it's a solo Mac Brock yeah. uh, track that's released under Centricity label. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I mean, this is a song. It's, a, it's the first song uh, off the record that I'll release later this year um, that I've released, but it's just a song about faith. And I write a lot of songs about faith. And I think it's because I'm I'm constantly in a state of dependence on the Lord, calling out to him, but being like, hey, I need you, just so you know. Like I <laughs> just so you know, God, like I really need you and and I'm believing your promises over me, over my family. And I need a reminder of that a lot. Um, because we get stuck in the day to day and what's ever like right in front of us. It's so easy to lose sight of just truth, you know. And so that's kind of what this song is about. It's just a, a reminder of like all the things that God has done. Those aren't just stories of the past. Those aren't just things that we can remember, but it's just a reminder of like those things that he did, he's still doing now. He's still doing it today. He's still working on your behalf and he will tomorrow too. And so it's just a song that kind of clings to that promise. And that was Just Like You've Always Done by Mac Brock. And we're so pleased that Mac is always here for the artist interview. Mac, thanks for all you you shared from your journey and and thanks for your amazing gift of worship and uh, a fantastic track. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. It would be wonderful if right now if you're happy to pray for listeners. Yes, I I would be happy to. Dear Jesus, man, so grateful that we can just worship you in the middle of the day, wherever we're at, we can just take a break and listen to songs about your truth, about who you are, about what you're doing, Lord. I pray that as we go out, leave from like listening to this interview or listening to these songs, Lord, that those truths would just remain in our spirit, remain in our heart. I just want to pray for anybody that's listening right now, Lord, that I don't know, maybe feels just a little bit lost not even lost in the terms of they don't know you, but just lost in their direction, lost in they don't know what's next or what's coming. I just pray, one, for clarity and vision from you, that you would speak to them. But I pray even more than that. I pray that you would be become real to them in a way that they don't have to know what's next to trust you. That makes sense, Lord. You are the same today as you were yesterday as you will be tomorrow and i pray that that truth just is is rooted deep in all of our hearts lord that we would just cling to that promise that we could take every step every single day lord just walking with you trusting you have a peace in our spirit lord in your name we pray amen amen 
Amen. Thanks so much, Mac. So, um, so we've talked a little bit about about the music side of things, and you've mentioned being a dad. Can you just tell me two things about being a dad that you absolutely love? Ooh, I think. Uh, I mean, probably the two things that I love uh, most about being a dad is one sharing like the things that I love with them and getting like, you know, not only like church stuff and worship and music and all that stuff, but just even like TV shows and movies. Like I love getting to like watch old movies that I grew up watching with my kids. And like, uh, I remember sitting and watching ET with my daughter recently and just even like stuff like that's like really special to me. And then on the flip side of that, getting to experience all the things that they love and getting to, hear them talk about it and hear them explain. I know nothing about wrestling. I'm not an athlete at all in general, but of, of all the sports that I like, wrestling was never on my radar. And, and so even to be able to learn about wrestling through my son has been just a fun, you know, a fun, interesting part of my life. And so, and the same goes for my daughter, my other son, and just getting to experience their joys and their passions. And uh, I don't know, it's always fun. Well, I'm, I'm, I've got to pick you up on that though. Oh, it's always fun. So I'm, I'm a dad and I've got to say being a dad is an absolute privilege, but I'm sure that there's going to be some listeners who will go, Oh, I don't always find it fun. Sometimes it's hard. So, so, so what part of being a dad have you found the most challenging and what stretched you the most? Yeah, that is, I'm so glad you said that because sometimes you get in these interviews and you just share all the positive things and all the happy things, but man, it is also really, really difficult. <laughs> Being a dad can be really, really hard. And I think uh, what's funny about my kids, all three of my kids, we don't have a single one that's not this way. They are all just so talkative. They just want to talk all the time. Like we at dinner, we actually have to say, all right, Harvey, it's your turn to talk. And he t- <laughs> will tell us. Wow. Like, all right, are you done talking? Okay, Cyrus, it's your turn to talk. And so uh, I say all that to say, it's very sweet, but sometimes, I mean, if you're a parent, you're also struggling with, uh, you're tired a lot. And sometimes you just like want silence. And so sometimes you're just like, I have to work at my patience and my, my grace with my kids when they want to just talk all the time. And I just want silence. I have to just <laughs> you know take a deep breath. Like, okay, um, maybe I'm not at a good place to listen to this story right now. Can you come back in five minutes? So it's always a balance. We're all, we're all trying to figure it out as we go along. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that makes sense. I can, <laughs> I can relate to that. So, um, and with regards to music ministry, could you share your absolute favorite moment, a moment maybe where it's been encounter with God or talking with somebody after a worship set where they've just been really impacted. Could you share an account like that? And also, can you share a time when perhaps things just didn't go to plan? They went, they went wrong and maybe God stepped in and changed it around or maybe you just had no power and it didn't work out at all. I have no idea, but, right. but a, a real high and a, and a moment when it just wasn't what you expected. I mean, a real high, this kind of, um, it's kind of a, a sad story, but it's probably the, the one that comes to mind the most uh, is I got to meet a family whose son um, – was in the middle of a really intense battle with cancer, their four-year-old son. And I got to go spend time with them in the hospital and worship over him 
and, and be with that family. And the reason why that, that impacted me um, and, and the son actually wound up uh, going to heaven and it was extremely difficult, extremely hard, extremely like discouraging and crazy. But the thing that ministered to me the most was just the, the faith of the family in the midst of that. It changed my life and it changed like seeing that. Um, and, and it was truly one of those situations where I felt like it was such an honor for me to be able to serve them but I receive like so much from them at the same time. And so that's, that's a, a strong one that comes to mind. And, and there've been several times that I've gotten to like lead in those like small settings, you know, that it's not like a big room or a big church or anything like that. It's just like a small, very intimate setting. And those are just always really unique and special. And, and I love leading at the big things too. And, and those are really special. I'm not trying to like discredit any of that. Um, and then, man, if you're talking about train wrecks or talking about things where things didn't go to plan, there's just too many to, to count. I'm uh, <laughs> the, the hardest thing for me, and I'm sure if you're a musician or you're a worship leader listening to this, you can very much relate, is it so many lyrics to remember when you're leading a worship set? <laughs> it's just so many. Yeah. Your brain is just jam-packed full of all these words that you're trying to remember. And unless you have like a monitor in front of you, that's kind of like giving you hints or something like that. I have a horrible memory. So there've just been so many times where it's like, I'm leading a song. It's a very special moment. It's like a tender moment. The Lord is moving. It's very, you know, soft and calm. And for whatever reason, I cannot think for the life of me, what the word is that I'm supposed to start, <laughs> start singing to start the song. Uh, that happens to me a lot. Um, but, you know, we go with it. We, we're not perfect, and we just try to, to steward the moment as best we can. That, that I can relate to. So, um, so I'll, I'll let a little secret out. I, whenever I'm doing these interviews, and it is true right now, I have a little, a little, little note on my, on my monitor with the name of the artist. Because it would be like my well, ultimate most of the time, fear. Yeah. I was just like, what if I didn't remember your name? I'm just, I could just look at it. So. Right. I know. And most of the time, most of the time nowadays, a lot of churches have, you know, um, like a confidence monitor or something in the back that like, gives you the lyrics as you go. And I, and I really don't, I don't like like looking at that much. And I try not to even focus on that because I want to be present in the room and I want to be very well aware of like what what's happening in the room, not just stuck on a monitor. But my brain is also very uh, forgetful. And so it's nice to have that like, oh, wait, hold on. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember the lyric. I remember the verse now. I can start. I can move on. Yeah. Just just in case. It's always a good, always <laughs> a good thing case. to have. That, that, that makes a bag of sense to me. So, so you're with Centricity. And yes. I've got to say, I really do like Centricity. You've got some fabulous artists. and They're awesome. I've yeah. only heard good things about them from artists. So, so sometimes I have conversations with artists uh, before or after the interview, and there's lots of people I know really quite well. And not everyone is happy with, with the record label that they're, they're with. <laughs> I think it probably is a fair thing to say. So um, but yeah. for you, what, what, what are the benefits of being with Centricity? What, what's, what are the highlights? One of the highlights is... Uh, the, the guy that I work with the closest, his name is James Duke. He's the guy that I process songs with. And I sit, you know, even the recording process, um, kind of side by side with him the whole time. James is one of my oldest friends. And it's just a co kind of happened, wow. happenstance that we connected so many years later. Uh, 
in this role in our life, but I've known James for the past 16 years. He was one of the very first musicians I met when I moved to Charlotte. He played with me at Elevation for years. Now he's in Nashville. Um, and so just getting to work with him is like one of the, that's a gift. I love it. That, that sounds like a lot, a lot of fun. That's, yeah. that's a good, that's a good thing to have a relationship that's strong like that, yes. because clearly it's going to really help you with, with all the things that, that go on with the label and making sure that everything runs really smoothly. So, yeah. uh, so you're releasing music. You've got, um, you've got a new track, which we will talk about very shortly. And you've got an album later on this year. Are, yes. are you, are you, are you planning to, to tour what's what's sort of your thinking on that side of things or is that something you're trying to avoid because the kids yeah right i know touring is a little bit harder for me these days just because i don't don't love being gone very long um but i'm all i am always traveling and so even if it's not a tour bus tour and i'm gone for you know three months at a time i i most often what i'm doing is i'm i'm leading worship a lot kind of hopping in and out hopping out like you know fly to a city Lead have like a worship night or something like that. So there's a lot of that on the calendar um, that you can find like on my website and stuff. Uh, yeah. So, but I, I don't like it's it's harder for me. Not that I don't like it. It's harder for me to be gone on like a proper tour all the time. Uh, I'm not opposed to it. I actually really love touring. I love I love bus life. Um, it's just a different where where I'm at a different season like with my kids and all that stuff. So trying to navigate that. Okay. Uh, and you mentioned though, you love traveling. What's been your favorite place you've ever traveled to? Ooh. Um, I really do like Australia. Like I, I went to the gold coast in Australia. And again, I, it, even that's been, that was like right before COVID and everything. And so before travel got kind of crazy for a minute, um, I got to go to the gold coast in Australia and that was like really beautiful and like such a cool place. Sweden was really awesome. I went to Sweden uh, several years ago with my wife for leading worship at a conference. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool places. I, I it's so funny because I every once in a while, sometimes you go to a place and you get to experience it and you get to like explore it. And then sometimes like there have been so many cities that I've flown into, you go straight to the church, you lead worship, and then you leave <laughs> like immediately. And I'm like, yeah, I've been there, but I have not experienced it. There, there are a lot of places like that. Yeah, I can, I, I can imagine that it could sometimes be hectic, so you don't get to see really, <laughs> you don't get to see and get the feel of a place, do you? So it's almost like you checked it off your list that you were at that place, but it's not, you didn't get to experience it. And with regards to your kids, are you hoping that they're going to become musicians? Would you like them to take the life that you have? Are they worshippers? You know, my daughter is very talented and and she's a she's a great singer and she's got such a great spirit and she likes to write songs and so me and her will sit down and we'll work on songs together um and i love getting to steward that with her um that's a real like sweet thing and my my oldest son he's not really into music uh, he loves music but he's not into playing music uh and then my youngest the verdict is still out we'll see yeah, yeah, four is a bit early to know for certain. <laughs> so, okay. And uh, with regards to music, then when you want to put music on in your house, we're talking about worship music or CCM stuff, which which bands will you pop? Oh, just just the same. Often, often when I've talked to other uh, Christian artists and I ask, oh, what, what, what tracks do you like worshipping to who you go to? Uh, Elevations come up numbers of times as being a, a <laughs> yeah, place yeah. they've gone to worship stuff. So that's going to be the, the, the work that you did put into it is still bearing fruit. But yeah, for yourself. 
I mean, we we play worship music a lot in our house, and I'll, we'll either like sometimes we'll just put on um, like on Spotify you can do playlists, and so a lot of times we'll like put on like instrumental worship, and so there'll be like you know kind of common worship songs, just like instrumental piano versions or something like that, just to like as it's like playing in the background of the house. But um, as far as like other artists, I mean, I love Brian and Katie Torwalt. They're good friends of mine, but I love their music. Cody Carnes. Pat Barrett. There's so many, I mean, there's so many good artists and musicians. Josh Baldwin is like, he's one of my closest friends, but his music is awesome. Uh, Bethel and that whole crew. So man, there's so many that is just kind of constantly playing in our house all the time. Sounds absolutely lovely to me anyway. And and I've I, the, actually those instrumental um, playlists, they can be really helpful, particularly if you're a bit stressed and stuff. You can put them on even if you've got work to crack on with and just let it just be there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's like old age or if I'm just like, but my wife was kind of making fun of me the other day because I've entered into this new phase of life where I constantly want just like calming music playing behind me so it's like whether i'm driving it's rare that i'm like putting on an album or anything like that i'm just like all right just give me like a nice relaxing atmosphere <laughs> and a lot of times it's just that piano like worship or something like yeah, that ne- next you'll be saying you need some big slippers and a pipe <laughs> yes yes I, i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, so with regards to our characters god is always wanting to grow us he's always wanting to stretch us not necessarily in a painful way, and sometimes he just wants to hold us, but but he wants to transform us to be more like Jesus. At the moment, what are the areas you feel God is really wanting to help you with your character? Oh, man, asking some transparent questions. Um, I mean, honestly, I know we talked about this earlier about, you know, the some of the struggles with parenthood, but I really do think, I think the, the thing that the Lord is continually teaching me, and I think it's even more obvious because, I have a wife that we're constantly talking about this. And so it's almost like what the Lord is doing through me, it'll transfer over to her. What the Lord is doing through her, it'll encourage, it'll like challenge and encourage me. And so there's like a constant, like iron sharpening iron in our relationship. But I think like the biggest thing is, is um, like a patience, you know, and a, and a stillness because I can tend to get, very much like, all right, I got to get this done. I got to get that done. I got to check this off my list. I need to make a, you know, here's all the things on my calendar. Look how busy I can be. And the Lord is just really teaching me to like slow down and, and to be very like, there's a difference between being like physically present and being like, even like emotionally present, you know, and, and being at the dinner table and not on, not on a phone but being present with, you know, (laughs) my family, that's just, uh, that's a a big thing that the Lord is teaching me. And and the other thing is just going back to what we talked about a while ago is that faith, you know, we, we live, I'm a type A personality. I want, I have goals. I, I want to write out my goals and have like, here's my plan and here's what I'm working towards. But really at the end of the day, like the Lord wants me to just like trust him daily you know, and I can have all these plans and and those are good. That's fine to have plans and to have goals, but I need for my spirit to be in the every single day, not just in what's happening next month or what's happening a year from now. And so the Lord is like, just like slowing me down in those, in that aspect of my life, I guess. 
So, but that's a challenge. Yeah, that is a challenge. It's a good one. Uh, uh, yeah, and yeah. it's not that goals are bad, but making sure that every day you've got Jesus in the middle of the things that are ahead of you. Yeah, as long as like my goal, like my goal, my goal can't be what my faith is. Like my faith can't be in my goal. My faith has to be rooted in Jesus every single morning. You know, that's who I have to come back to like every single day. So, okay. So the Bible, uh, I'm going to guess the Bible is quite important to you. In fact, well, is that a Bible in the background or is that a notebook? That is a Bible in the background. Okay. So, so what's your favorite Bible story and why? Ooh, my favorite Bible story. Oh, the thing that comes to mind, I don't, I, I just haven't thought of it in terms, like you're asking like favorite story. I hadn't really thought of it in, in that terms, but the, the one that comes to my mind is just uh, Peter and who Peter is. I was just talking to my son about him recently and explaining to him the thing that I love about Peter is just how uh, rough around the edges he was, how he was kind of constantly screwing up and constantly like, uh, <laughs> making a mistake or embarrassing himself and just the grace that Jesus had for him and, and the, the impact like that Jesus still chose to use him in such a powerful and mighty way, like building the church off of Peter. Like there's just like, that's just such a, that's a, a good thing for me to have in my spirit because I know how messed up I am and I know how rough around the edges I am and knowing that the Lord like, still sees all the good in me and still sees all the potential in me and, and doesn't um, hold me to all my faults, but he sees, sees all the things that, that I can be and that he wants for me. And so that's what comes to my mind. Well, I've got to say it's definitely an encouraging uh, passage for sure. Peter, it, does all right. He does make some big mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I was I was going down the list with my son, and I was just like explaining like all the different things that he did, and uh, but I was just like, but that's why he's awesome is because like like he did all these things, and the Lord still said like I'm going to build my church on you, and and I'm going to use you, and you're going to be a mighty like saint of the faith, you know, a hero of the faith, and so yeah. It's, it is. It's exciting and encouraging. No matter where we're up to, God still wants to bless us and encourage us and lavish his love upon us and take us yeah. forward into whatever might be next for us. We have got time, Mac, for one more track. Uh, the track you've got for us is, is a brand new track for you. It's called Magnify. Tell us all about Magnify. Yeah, I mean, the the story behind Magnify is very simple. And when you hear the lyrics, like you'll you'll get, it's not like a deep story. It's just, if you grew up in the church, or if you've been a Christian for a long time, you've always heard like, he must become greater. I must become less. He must become, you know, that's like the whole um, <laughs> mantra of Christianity pretty much. And that's one of the hardest, that's one of the easiest things to say. And one of the hardest ways to live is for God to be the biggest thing and for me to be small. And, and that's what this song is about. This song is about like, I want to give you all the glory. I want my life to be all about you. I don't want it to be about the things that I desire and the things that I want. And and so it's just like a it's just a praise song just declaring that um declaring that like I want my life to be a life of worship and praise and glorifying and magnifying you Jesus. Take that you know less of me more of you. So that's the heart of the song.
and that was magnified by the wonderful Mac Brock. What a pleasure it was getting to know him. What a lovely guy. What fantastic music. Really looking forward to hearing more of the music from him this coming year and that album as well. And of course, dear listener, there are many other interviews you can listen to with stories from the heart from great Christian worship leaders and CCM artists. And you can just get me your favourite podcast platform. Just search up The Artist Interview. It's the one with the red logo. I'm Gordon T. It's been an absolute honour being your host today. And I look forward to joining you on the next episode. God bless you. to the artist interview a hope fm podcast find us at hopefm.com forward slash the artist interview